Tate's Take the Podcast live once again. I uh, appreciate everybody for joining me on today. I know some of you are probably expecting um, tomorrow, but with everything going on in, in the holidays and everything like that, happy 4th of July to everybody that uh, is checking in with us. Let me say this first before I bring in my lovely guest uh, so that you guys know exactly what you're listening to and what you're watching. Tate's Take the Podcast any and everything high school basketball. We're going to get into some of that college basketball as we have some new commitments that have taken place this week as early as this morning uh, even and um, and some NBA stuff that we're not quite going to get into today. However, want to make sure that I let everybody know to follow the podcast, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I can't say that enough to the YouTube channel at Tate's Take Sports and anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, uh, that being uh, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, the whole nine, wherever that you like to hear the very best content in regards to the sport of basketball, uh, you can find it there. Without further ado, I want to jump into it as I have my dude TJ Reeves with me, uh, overly gracious and, and grateful and appreciative of all the work that he does and especially being a big contributor to the Tate's Take movement. TJ, good morning and how are you? Fantastic. And, you know, nothing says July 4th uh, <laughs> like baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, fireworks. And let's get it on with high school recruiting and the top recruits in the country. And so when I saw this this morning, I said, is my man Tate's take going to have a take on one of the biggest recruits in the country making really uh, an unexpected decision here today? He didn't pick one of the blue bloods, one of the big time programs, right? And so I, I touched base with you and said, are we doing a Tate's take on this recruit and what's going on? So fill everybody in here on why we're doing this right before July 4th and the holiday. Absolutely. And what a not much of a better time to really get into some basketball. Um, let's start off with this because I, I want to throw this one out there first. Let's talk about what happened um, this morning in which we do have some breaking news in that um, a top 20 recruit for the class of 2020 this year, McCurr Maker, commits to Howard University, HBCU school. You don't hear that very often uh, from such a highly ranked recruit. However, decided to go that route over uh, some other schools, that being um, uh, Kentucky, amongst so many others, uh, and, and making that decision. And I kind of see it where you know when you're looking at the type of player like a, a mccurr maker there's some concerns for me there's obviously some good things as well when you start thinking about the length and the athleticism the size and the the versatility of a guy who can play the three position and can certainly have the size to play at the next level but the things that do concern me um is when you're looking at someone who he reminds me of so much same last name thon maker from the detroit pistons um the the ceiling is always so high on guys like this, uh, but you never really see them live up to the hype that, you know, that 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 they've kind of put out there uh, in a sense. And so I'll be really intrigued to see and find out exactly what type of player he's going to be, first and foremost, me, on the collegiate level. Give me some of his specifics because I'm not as familiar and most aren't as you are. Give me size. Who does he remind you of? How big of an impact? is this guy going to have? Give me some comparison. 6'11", 235, so he's a little on the slim side. There's a lot of guys that are extremely slim on the collegiate level. But he's what, sure that, 17, 18? 
um 19 years old okay um and that and that's another huge part and i want to be completely honest with you because you know we don't do anything but that on this show there's a lot of instances where you have guys that come from overseas internationally ironically enough the sudanese area where you're not really sure if these guys are 19 20 or if they're you know 30 <laughs> 31 um and, 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 that, and that's, that's a real a wide, thing that is a, a very, range. That, that is a very very wide range um but nonetheless uh the skill set you know is 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 second to none i mean i don't think that there's really too many people that will really argue with what he can do on the floor the complicated part i think about this commitment is that besides the fact that he's going to be a stud and we'll talk about what this means for hbcu and all that in a second but besides the fact that he's going to be a stud is the fact that you're really not going to get a good feel for who he will be on the next level in terms of nba when that time comes because he's expected to dominate uh in such a low major conference and and that's what's expected so I'm, I'm just wondering, he was much more polished, but like an Obi Toppin at uh, Dayton during the college season, big, athletic, could go to the hole, could shoot, has NBA top five, if not number one overall pick potential. I know this kid hasn't set foot on a college basketball court. Does he remind you at all of Obi Toppin? Is it that, is it that kind of comparison or not fair yet? Um, not quite fair yet. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, maybe Obi Toppin before this year where he was still a really good basketball player, uh, but quite it wasn't quite the Obi Toppin that we know. If you don't watch college basketball all day, every day like me, you know, then then you can kind of see some of those comparisons. Now, could he be potentially in that same kind of conversation around this time next year after he destroys it? Um, at Howard, absolutely. I can't think of too many more guys. I mean, you're going to have some Jonathan Kaminga who's still indecisive amongst some other guys in that same conversation. But uh, yet still, I think it's still a little bit too early to say because there is a lot of raw talent. It is a, a, a ton of raw talent uh, and still a lot to prove. And it's still going to be that same conversation around this time next year about him having things to prove because of the fact of the conference that he's going to be playing at. Okay, so what I'm also curious about, and the other thing that you and I were talking about off the air, but say it right here for the audience on Tate's Take, how does he not end up at Kentucky, Memphis, the Blue Blood programs, a North Carolina, a Kansas, a UCLA, any of the big ones that are going after him? Uh, what's the connection to Howard? How does it end up that he's not at one of the premier programs? Because that's that's the real second part of this story, not just how good the guy is, but the fact that he's snubbing all the big time programs to Sean. Well, that's the crazy part about it though, TJ, is that he's not the only guy that have been in conversations with going to a HBCU institution. I know that earlier in the year before uh, Josh Christopher, who's now an Arizona state commit and arguably ranked in the top 10 for the exact same class in 2020 was he, 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 um, he took Kentucky off of his top five list and replaced it with Howard. And although he didn't commit to that school, that is essentially what got a lot of people's attention. Even more so from there is where you have a guy who's only a freshman in high school um, and uh, named Mikey Williams. And he's even taught, had some same you know conversations about uh, maybe going to an HBCU institution. Nonetheless, you have a McCurr maker who's, who's, you know, wants to do that. A lot of these guys really want to, 
uh, kind of make their own name, put their own stamp on some of these schools. And I think that it's an awesome thing. So many schools are making so much money off these kids. Then you start factoring in, you know, that the the um, the image and likeness uh, opportunity that they will be able to get, you know, paid off of uh, off of their name in a sense and off of their own brands. So I like to think that that could certainly have a lot to do with it. And this isn't just a guy that's spurning, you know, collegiate schools. This is an opportunity that he may have potentially had uh, that he was waiting around for because he's 19 to find out from the NBA if he would automatically be draft eligible. And he as just far as Howard, it, 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 what is the connection? What's the connection to Howard if we know it? I, I can't say that I know the connection exactly. I don't want to steer the people the wrong way. Um, but Howard is one of the very few HBCU institutions that um, are very well known, maybe not nearly as much uh, for their basketball programs as much as some of the others. But if you go back and look among some of the HBCU programs, they're certainly right up there. Uh, I know that there are a few others, uh, Hampton among some others that are in some of those conversations right. as well. So it's not quite the Bethune, Cookmans and North Carolina A&Ts or anything like that. Uh, but it's certainly one of the more prevalent institutions when it comes to college basketball on that level. Pretty wild. Uh, and so I'll do a plug here. You were appearing and you did appear on the Three Dog Thursday uh, podcast and show with me, which coincidentally enough runs on Thursday. So it's already out. And you were on the YouTube roundtable and we were talking about Imani Bates, the Michigan player. Uh, the high school player regarded as the number one recruit in the country, and he has verbally committed to Michigan State. Compare McCour Maker and Imani Bates. What Do they compare? How do they compare? Because these are two huge names making their decisions this week, Deshaun, and you have great insight on this. Yeah, I'm not sure that they necessarily compare in terms of style or anything like that, anything outside of being uh, big-name recruits. Uh, even more so on top of that, one way that I think that they do compare is that they're both big guys in terms of maybe not as much stature, but more so in terms of height and length, which is always a huge plus on what the next level, whether it be the collegiate level or professionally, are looking for, uh, but can also handle the ball. So when you're looking at a guy who's 6'11 and much like Tom Maker can handle the ball, uh, which that probably isn't the biggest compliment in the world, seeing him on the NBA level. But when you saw Thon Maker in high school, you saw very much of, uh, it seems like what's identical to um, to McCurr Maker. And at 6'11", a guy that can handle the ball in very similar ways, at like a small, as like a small forward, uh, kind of has that Kevin Durant feel, not the player, but that kind of a feel when you look at size and, ab and ability to handle the ball. And Imani Bates is very much the exact same thing. A guy who is 6'8", yes, real thin, uh, but I don't think that you can deny his talent by any means. Interesting. I'm just reading up um, a little bit on this uh, about uh, what the connection might be to Howard. He is the highest recruit in at least, they're going back and researching here, the one thing I'm reading on ESPN.com, he's the highest recruit to go to an HC, uh, HBCU, a historically black college or university, uh, since 2007, some 13 years. Um, it is not believed that he would be a first-round NBA draft pick. He had put his name into the draft, maker we're talking about, and he was being told, Deshaun, apparently, that he is not projected to be a first-round pick and might not even go in the second round, might not get drafted. 
So that obviously influenced some of the decision. And again, I, I'm still looking here as to what the uh, the connection. He's the cousin of the Pistons forward, a thon maker, as you mentioned. Um, and uh, and it, he's been in California uh, playing some prep school basketball as well. So very interesting how he ends up at Howard. And I guess UCLA and Mick Cronin were in on him too. Deshaun yeah, trying to yeah. keep him in California. And Mick Cronin couldn't land him even in, in uh, La La Land in Westwood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I know that, you know, Mick Cronin has been trying to uh, bring some different kind of energy and, and, and rejuvenate uh, the program there at UCLA. But I just think that this is really good for HBCU in general, especially when you think about everything that's going on in the world today. Uh, and and uh, it just seems like we're getting much, much closer and closer to some of these top, you know, uh, ranked recruits to sign with some of these schools. And I had a couple of people that chimed in very, very appreciative that they did that. We have um, Cutter Cutter White, good friend of mine. All black athletes should play for HBCU talent speaks for itself. And you know that. Why is um, he Cutter Cutter twice? It's yeah, not I'm sufficient not- that he's Cutter once. <laughs> he's got to be Cutter Cutter. Just in case you didn't get uh, it the first time, I guess the second time. <laughs> Uh, kind of like, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, cutter, cutter, cutter. I remember right. Bam Bam from the Flintstones, and we got and we got some other ones, uh, you know, that have had other not, uh, nicknames along those lines. So I just like it, uh, yeah. cutter, cutter, cutter. I mean, this this is it's fair to say this is recruiting shockwaves. We're yes, not man. overstating this that he no. would not pick Kentucky or Memphis or mm-hmm. Kansas. I know Kansas has got some NCAA issues. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, Michigan State, pick one that he that he's potentially going to to uh to howard i was just reading one other thing while you were saying this too kenny blakely kenny blakeney is the coach at howard how fun is his fourth of july going to be i know we're all socially distancing we're supposed to isolate but kenny might be raising a glass right now and kicking off before even saturday for fourth of july yeah celebrate a little bit yeah before fourth of july even gets here i can only imagine it's going to be really hard for that head coach to social distance and not run and go and give the family a huge hug uh, and that's just so funny thinking about guy cutter cutter white with saying all of this if you feel that strongly about it i'm gonna need you to change your name to cutter cutter black because of the, uh <laughs> because of the most recent recruitment job that that they've done over at howard and here's matthew mauer here as well uh saying that howard head coach has some great connections. Appreciate him for checking in with us. A good buddy of mine, Tom Quarter. I appreciate him for checking in as well. And this is one heck of a story like TJ just mentioned. Uh, top 2020 recruit uh, going to Howard University. Great news for HBCU school. And lastly, uh, also chiming in with us and saying that there are going to be some kids who decide to play for other sports at HBCU schools in case of, in, instead of, uh, of D1 as well. So, I don't think that I think that uh, Mr. Quarter is right when he says that, because this is a movement, essentially, uh, and and it's going to um, have a really huge effect on all things, not just, you know, uh, HBCU in general, as far as basketball, but also football as well. All right. So here's a comparison. And we were talking about this again. I'm plugging away. Find the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Find the Three Dog Thursday YouTube roundtable. Deshaun was part of the roundtable. And we were kind of kicking this around because you said the phrase that Imani Bates, by some, you didn't say this was you, by some, is maybe being regarded as the best high school prospect they've ever seen. Now, there's there's leaps 
And then there's leaping across the Grand Canyon. I don't know that we leap across the Grand Canyon and say the greatest I've ever seen with one of these high school players because we not only take into account LeBron, we not only take into account the late Kobe Bryant who dominated in the late 90s, but it's 25 years ago. I cannot believe I'm this old. It's 25 years ago that Kevin Garnett out of Chicago was the number one overall pick by the Minnesota Timberwolves on the cover of Sports Illustrated, as prestigious as it gets back in the in the 90s to be on the cover of SI as a high school player, as a number one overall pick. And then you can even back up to like Moses Malone, Magic Johnson, uh, heralded high school players. I don't know how you can quantify that somebody's the greatest of all time. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you're saying that Bates is or that Maker is in this instance. But it's fun just to talk about recruiting and compare. I can't believe I'm that. I don't want to know how young you were in 95 when Garnett was the number one pick by the T-Wolves. Do not yeah. tell me that today. <laughs> I promise I won't tell you that I was 11 years old, TJ. But I, what I will tell you. <laughs> as long as you were not in kindergarten or in diapers. No, I feel no, 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 I wasn't in kindergarten. Uh, but I will say enough to say that I'm glad that you mentioned Kevin Garnett on that one. Because when I look at, you know, there's been so many little comparisons. And most of the people, the consensus probably says that Imani Bates reminds them so much of a Kevin Durant. I would only imagine how likely that seems to people because of his size and his skill set, both of those as a combination together, but even more so the fact that, um, you know, I think that he also has a little Kevin Garnett to him as well. So not just a Kevin Durant, but the way he's dominating, you look at what he did at Ypsilanti, um, at the um, at this at, at the school, the real splitters that he's at at Lincoln in Ypsilanti at the high school, uh, on that level, the way that he dominated the competition, he won a state championship uh, his very first year after averaging 30 points a game as a freshman. I can't see that that would have changed very much his sophomore year with winning another state championship, let alone averaging more points somewhere right around 32, if I'm not mistaken. I have to st- uh, check that as well, but. Um, you know, w- when you're making those kind of comparisons to the next LeBron or the next this person or that person, obviously those are really hard shoes to fill. Uh, but I had the opportunity to see him play. And granted, it was on the AAU level and where I was just a teeny tiny bit disappointed is that I believe he played like 15U or 16U, uh, but didn't play in the toughest division on the on the circuit. I would imagine this is Bates you're still talking about in Michigan. Bates, that, go ahead. That, yeah. that is correct. Um, but even more so on top of that, I don't think that you can really question his talent, his skill set. I think he's easily number one. I'm hearing Kendrick Perkins say at 15 years old, on TV I saw him a few weeks ago, at 15 years old, Imani Bates would come out into the NBA draft and be a lottery pick. I think that, you know, as as mind-blowing as that may seem, uh, and while I do think that he is a really, really good basketball player, I think that the size and things like that, he's going to have to, fill out a little bit more. Uh, this isn't just the number one player in the country for the class of 2020, uh, 2022, rather. This is the number one player in the country of every high school player, uh, Gatorade National Player of the Year, first time it's ever been done um, over any high school player in the country. So in regards to I- Imani Bates, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to find out what he does because there's a reclassification that he could take advantage of that possibility. Obviously, Michigan State, and attending there and see if he's going to suit up in the green and white. We don't know yet if the uh, commissioner of the NBA and Adam Silver is going to lift the age, um, the uh, the age requirement uh, at that point uh, and age restriction rather. 
And then who knows the amount of money that the NBA that the NBA G League would be willing to throw at him after giving uh, a Jalen Green five hundred thousand dollars, which is a nice chunk of change for a guy who's not even old enough to buy tobacco products yet. But make no, <laughs> but, but make no mistake about it, though, TJ. Let me tell you something. This dude is no Jalen Green. If they're giving Jalen Green five hundred thousand dollars, I couldn't imagine that Imani Bates would get anything less than between 750 stacks to a million dollars for it. And what you mean is the NBA's G League, their developmental league, has begun to cherry pick players and offer them, uh, you know, half a million, 750 grand, et cetera, uh, to come play there as opposed to going to college. That's going to create some real friction, I think, between college basketball and the NBA. And there we're looking at uh, Imani Bates, Everybody's got the Spartan hats on. And again, we should point out uh, that this is not for this upcoming college basketball season, but this would be a year and a half from now. And plus, it's a verbal commitment. He could change. He could go to the G League. He could go to the NBA. It's still just intriguing to to keep track on this. And back to Maker uh, making his uh, announcement uh, today. I just saw one other thing uh, while we were talking here that there's a there's a lot of belief that he's never going to play in college basketball here, that he's made this commitment and that with all the uncertainty with COVID-19, that he's going to end up in the G League or end up in the NBA anyway, that this may be more or less a ceremonial newsmaker thing right now in July, but it doesn't come to fruition. Who knows? Deshaun, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know right now about July 15th, much less September 15th, much less November 15th right now. Yeah, I know. And, and that's that's another, you know, part of it and, and element and uh, and layers to the onion. There's so many of them when you're thinking about how all this whole thing could happen. We don't even know. If like you said, we're, if we're even going to see college ba- basketball this year or even what that could look like. And just in regards to Maker, this is one of those things where he's going to be a project either way it goes. You know, this is a boomer bust type of talent. Um, and while I'm not the I'm not exactly um, I'm not exactly so necessarily as on him as much as I am some other players uh, that are going to be playing college basketball this year. What but, does he lack? What does he lack right now that you have to see better and see more of? Well, you know, the, the fact that he can shoot the ball pretty well from outside, one of the big concerning things for me sometimes is when you're that big, being a rim protector. And, you know, what kind of and if you're and if you're not going to be in the middle because he's so thin, I know me talking about somebody else being so thin is probably kind of crazy to think about. But because of his his stature and and being a liability in the middle, you kind of put him on the perimeter. But I don't think that his lateral footwork from a defensive standpoint coming right off of a season potentially where he might be playing against guys much lower level competition uh, than what he is. I think can pros can propose to be a really big problem once he gets to the next level. And if you probably want to see, unfortunately, this is kind of my Tate's take. If you want to see the best of McCure maker, it's going to have to be on the collegiate level because I'm not really confident that you'll see it very much on the NBA level. Well, and, and it's all about how much can you develop? How much better can you get quickly uh, with any of these guys? I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. You love it when I tell stories. Absolutely. So I, I uh, had the opportunity doing the University of South Florida in Tampa. Now in the American Conference, formerly in the Big East Conference, and before that was in Conference USA. So we're in Conference USA. I'm doing the radio for USF's men's basketball. 
We travel to Marquette in, in conference play. You know where I'm headed. Tom Crean and Marquette in Milwaukee. And I got to look firsthand at the old Bradley Center, which they've now torn down, uh, the home of the Milwaukee Bucks and Marquette, at one Dwayne Wade, who had sat out for a year because of academics. So he was a year older. He had not gone directly to the NBA. And I'm trying to recollect. I'm getting old. Help me. Like early 2000s, I don't think you could go to the NBA after only one year. I think it was two years. Uh, maybe it was something like that. Or he chose to stick around. He didn't choose to go to the NBA. So he chose to stick around at Marquette. And this is the year they made the Final Four. I saw them in the conference season. And I saw Dwayne Wade in the conference season probably like January, freezing cold in Milwaukee. Um, and he was electric. First year of college basketball. It was obvious. He is so much better skill-wise instinctively and explosively and this is this is major college basketball that we're playing here at the d1 level that he was so much he put a move on one of usf's little point guards where he spun in the middle of the lane took off on one foot around the dotted circle and thunder dunked it down and i said to my colleague on the air that play had three letters nba written all over it we're in an nba arena i remember the call we're in an nba arena that was an nba play so I'm just comparing that, that I don't know that Maker steps onto a college court and looks like that initially or his first year. Maybe he will. You you can speak to this more than me. I'm just drawing a comparison to Dwayne Wade and what I saw, and that dude looked ready right away, and they got better and better and went to the Final Four, and he is who he is, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me the least bit of, of what you're saying exactly uh, during um, during that story and just the thought of, you know, what you saw from Dwayne Wade before it became Dwayne Wade. And it was a little bit more surprising, I think, for me, after seeing him on the collegiate level, the way that it transformed um, and what the consistent level. Like, if, if, if Dwayne Wade would have went to the NBA out of Marquette and became Jerry Stackhouse, which was very serviceable serviceable and very, you know, a, a respectful um resume put together for himself that wouldn't have surprised me the least bit but because he came out of marquette straight off of a final four with tom crean and those guys in 2003 and then had the kind of impact immediately you know i mean you go right. to the finals in the first like three years i think that that you know that definitely speaks some volume but in regards to mccurr maker um i'm hearing a lot of similar things as to whether he'll even step onto a college basketball floor I think there's a lot of the same conversations with uh, the same thing with, with Imani Bates. As you can see, Matthew Maurer chiming in again. Bates will not step foot in college basketball. It's a pipe dream. I'm always kind of interested to see how some of these people, uh, and with them saying that, if this is an anti-Sparty feel or if this is more <laughs> so a realistic. And I'm just here to be realistic. Sparty or no Sparty. Right. Uh, I, I can only imagine. So that these guys, because he can't right now, unless Adam Silver relaxes the rule and says you can come directly back into the NBA without waiting a year, like what LeBron did, Garnett did, Kobe Bryant did, uh, even even back to Moses Malone. And I'll throw the, I'll throw the name Chocolate Thunder, Daryl Dawkins. Ah, Daryl Dawkins. Yeah. Daryl Dawkins came straight <laughs> from high school in Orlando, Florida, by the way, to the NBA. Unless they relax the rule, he would have to play a year in the G League or a year overseas or, or somewhere else if he doesn't go play in college. So these guys are all saying they're not going to play in college. Uh, at least Bates won't because he's going to go play in the G League uh, next year uh, instead of playing college basketball. Uh, 2022, 2021, 2022. Let's see. We'll find out. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? To, even more so on top of that, I think that the part that 
people sometimes are missing right now and that I definitely want to make sure I say is that in that press conference for Imani Bates, he mentioned as of right now, my <laughs> plans is to attend Michigan State University. Famous phrase of 2020. So as can, of right, do as we of have right any? Now. Do we have any update on anything other than right now? I don't no, think we. No, I don't think so either. And I'm glad that you mentioned that point because you could take this two different ways. When someone says as of right now, um, that obviously you know is 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 essentially saying that. Um, Potentially that there could be other options available in the event that they lift the the age uh, requirement for the NBA. But as it stands right now, he's a Michigan State Spartan. That part can't really be debated. Um, and uh, and and even more so, I just think that we have to think about maybe what that does for Tom Izzo moving forward, you know, in terms of getting other recruits, players that might want to play with him. There's already players uh, that want to play with him. They're putting together a prep school. Uh, specifically for Imani Bates, um, and 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 it's a it's a it's a Lincoln Prep, and and so from that standpoint, I don't know too many guys walking around here that have their own school put in place for them, but um, there's other players that are willing to come and play with him. So I think that that could do something maybe for time is up potentially too to get some eyeballs on the campus. Hey, listen, I've had a blast. I know we're doing this in advance of July 4th weekend. You just jogged my memory while we were talking. Remember, three years ago, July 4th mm-hmm. was the day that Kevin Durant announced in free agency, I'm going to go to the Golden State Warriors. I think that was three years ago. Or was it four? It's one of the two. It's either 2017 or 2016 on July 4th mm-hmm. on the holiday. I, I remember because it went everywhere on a national holiday and all the sports – uh, talk shows and the internet, everybody was rejoicing because besides just baseball, like we joked about, fireworks, hot dogs, hamburgers, we had Kevin Garnett uh, or uh, Kevin Durant, excuse me, news to talk about on July 4th. So here we got big high school recruiting, college, NBA related, even though we don't have the games right now, at least we have this news. So it's been cool to kick this around on July 4th weekend with you. It has. And I appreciate you for coming on here with me as well, TJ. And I definitely want you to go ahead and plug the things that that you have going on and, of course, the Three Dog Thursdays and everything in between because uh, I certainly want to get more people's eyes. Well, that's the biggest thing. Go check out this male model right here, Deshaun, on the roundtable talking more about Imani Bates and more about basketball, but he also is well-versed. We talked some Cam Newton. Uh, We also talked the NBA and whether or not they're going to be able to pull off the resumption of their season. Hey, I didn't ask you this on that, I want the fans to go find Three Dog Thursday and the YouTube show uh, to, to see the roundtable discussion. But I believe, I have believed on the front end that the NBA was making a mistake, not just going right away with its playoffs and not being ready to go in June and be playing all through June. They could have been playing all through June with their playoffs. I believe they waited too long. I'm on the front end with that criticism. I believe if this drags out and they have to stop or they can't finish, that, that it's going to be a swing and a miss opportunity for Adam Silver and the NBA. I didn't get your opinion on the other show on that. Are they making a mistake with regular season games, 22 teams, not 16 teams? What do you say about that real quick? I do think that they – I don't know if I necessarily call it a mistake, but I think that they can do away with regular season games, especially if they're already going to implement a preseason with this. Um, I'm not really sure how much implementing regular season games will play for the teams that are not currently in the playoffs, but still have a chance to play for a championship. 
And I'm still trying to figure out with the news coming down within the last 24 hours exactly what they're doing. We're trying to create now a second bubble in Chicago for the other eight teams that are not participating in Orlando. So it's it's really a wacky situation uh, just to think about all of it and how much you're exposing even more people. I mean, you're going to have staff workers out there that are not going to be, uh, I guess, housed in a sense to where they have to stay uh, within that bubble because they have to go to and from with their families every single day. And they're just working there at the arenas. How much are they exposing themselves to players or players exposing and staff uh, exposing themselves as well to some of the people who have no choice but to go in and out because some of these companies are not choosing uh, to have it as an option for just regular nine to five everyday hard hat construction, you know, lunch, bring your lunch pail workers, nine to five, you know, uh, blue collar people every single day. It's all about the money at the end of the day. And I, unfortunately, I think it's showing its ugly face a little bit. All right. So we'll see about the NBA. Listen, I always love chatting with you. Happy July 4th. Thank you, you for dropping up. knowledge on me about the recruiting. I love Tate's take whenever it is. And I, again, I point people to Three Dog Thursday to the podcast, uh, wherever you find podcasts, but go to the YouTube channel. Go check out Deshaun on the roundtable uh, as he does a great job on that as well at Three Dog Thursday on YouTube. So thank you for letting me hang out here. Happy 4th. Everybody be safe out there. Uh, I know a lot of people love the amateur hour with the fireworks. They're dangerous. Be safe. Be safe with your kids. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we'll just keep rocking along. We're, day, we're all day by day. We're all week by week right now uh, in 2020 due to the coronavirus. Everybody stay safe, socially distance. Wear your mask. If you're going out, wear your mask, not just for yourself, but for your loved ones, for everybody else that you don't want to spread it to, wear a mask. We will we will get through this. Part of it is wearing a mask. Can I emphasize one more time before I go? Absolutely. Wear your mask. Thank you, Deshaun. It's not a bad idea to put those gloves on your hands uh, when you're going out there to touch something as well. So keep that in mind. When more information on any of this stuff becomes available in the event that it will, uh, be sure to keep you guys updated. Remember, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Can't stress it enough uh, to the podcast, Three Dog Thursdays, in addition to Tate's Take, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. That's Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Red Circle, the whole nine. Tell your mama, tell your grandmama, <laughs> tell everybody that you can. As I like to say, tell your friends, tell your enemies to find exactly. Tate's Take, wherever that you is. find podcasts. Exactly. And I appreciate everybody for checking in with us. Probably far too many people. And I appreciate you, TJ. I do want to definitely uh, uh, make sure that I get this in there as well for Matthew Maurer, Ted Quarter, uh, Lawrence Gogans. Um, I know we got a few others here. Keep sending well. in the comments. Deshaun's going to keep responding, even if it's Please not a live do. show. Keep firing away. <laughs> definitely. James Lewis was another one. Travis Neller. Uh, as well. Joe Madden, appreciate her for checking in as well. Everybody for checking in with Tate's Take. Uh, cutter, Cutter Black. Cutter, Cutter White. There we go. <laughs> I can't forget about my boy Cutter, Cutter. Until the next time, Tate's Take signing off. Hashtag where basketball lives.